Alright. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it is, guys. What's up? Wes Rucker, Ryan Callahan here for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Kind of a bit of a breaking news podcast this evening. We've said before, we're, we're throwing more of these into the rotation now. So in case you're wondering why we are a little bit briefer with these, why are these little cutlets, why are they not big, big, uh, the production's like normal, that's because, well, uh, we're doing these a little bit differently. When there's breaking news going on, we're going to get these to you in quicker nuggets. And Ryan Callahan and I are doing this tonight. Ryan from his house, I think we call it the, uh, I forget what we call it. Not really important. This is the Fort Rucker studio that I'm in now, or the Fort Rucker sunroom. Ryan's over at his place across town. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Wes. How's it going, man? It goes, man. It goes. Hey, uh, big news. We were on the road back uh, today from uh, SEC Media Days down there in Hoover, Alabama, uh, and Tennessee. While we were down there in Hoover, apparently got some big news. Uh, Darian Williamson, a three-star class of 2020 athlete from Haywood High School in Brownsville, Tennessee there. That's the high school that produced uh, Emmett Gooden, current Tennessee defensive lineman, uh, Jarvis Farnado, farm, former Mississippi State big man. So uh, they're in West Tennessee, some some good athletes from that high school. And now, Ryan, one of them, uh, again, it seems like if nothing changes, will be going to the University of Tennessee. Yeah, well, I, and I don't I don't think they received the news while we were at SEC Media Days, but certainly the the recruiting pitch that Jeremy Pruitt made while he was there, uh, you know, at least, at least got through to Darian Williamson, a, a really intriguing player, a three-star athlete from uh, from West Tennessee, as you said, who we re- really didn't know much about a couple months ago. He got uh, a first offer from from Memphis back on May 22nd. The next day, less than 24 hours later, Tennessee offered, uh, and then then he got to camp uh, a, a couple weeks later. Went went to one of Tennessee's camps, impressed them there, and uh, and and since then he kind of quietly has become more and more of a a real possibility for Tennessee in this class and. Uh, I think the more time went on, I think uh, with with all the options out there and with with Williamson being a really intriguing and and, and maybe kind of raw in-state player with a lot of upside, uh, I think I think Tennessee just saw an opportunity to to add someone that could could really turn into something down the road and and had a had a hard time passing him up. So uh, a nice nice pickup and I think a really intriguing find uh, for Tennessee and what you know an in-state class that's looking like it could could be pretty big if, if the Vols can get the guys they want. They're still in on several others, and this gives them now uh, five in-state commitments, uh, one of those being long, the long snapper, Will Albright, but still four others uh, that they've gotten within the past month. Uh, Cooper Mays, obviously, T. Hodge, uh, and, and then Keyshawn Lawrence as well. So really really continuing to build on that in-state momentum they've had recently, and, uh, and, and this one a really intriguing find that I think could end up being uh, you know maybe one of the steals of this class if he turns out to – uh, to be the, the the kind of impressive under the radar pickup that, that I think this might be. Yeah, we've heard consistently, uh, at least I have anyway, that, that Pruitt and his staff like this 2020 in-state class, at least more for their needs, more than they did the, the 2019 class. So mm-hmm. there are a bunch of guys in this class they were targeting. This is one of them. Uh, this is a kid who's ranked 872 overall uh, in the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite, but uh, for the 24-7 sports guys, he's right there at 533 overall. So our guys like him a little bit more than the mean average, it seems. And it, it seems like from the outside, looking in there's a lot to like about this athlete i, I like the fact that he's 6'3 190 uh, i like the fact that he's a guy who could play on either side of the ball uh it seems like he's got kind of that frame that you could do a lot with yeah and, and can, can play on either side of the ball as you said uh, i think wide receiver is is maybe where he feels the most natural and, and where 
he might project best in some ways because he is 6'3", 190. And anytime you find a guy with that kind of build and, and that kind of speed, he, he ran a 4.540 uh, at, at one of Tennessee's camps. And, at that and didn't size, really it's know- that size, that's big time. Yeah, exactly. And, and not knowing what he was doing, really, uh, you know, his technique on the on in running the 40, kind of the, the, the get off the start, but was not very impressive. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of reminds you of the story of Josh Smith several years ago at, at Tennessee's camp, kind of being in the same boat where he ran a four or five. And everyone who was there said, you know, if he, if he knew anything about running a 40 at that time, he would have been in the four or four range. So uh, similar in that regard. But this is a, an even bigger kid at six, three, one ninety to have that kind of speed. I think that shows uh, obviously a ton of potential uh, and on film too. He shows some physicality on defense. You know, his first few clips on film are on defense, I believe. So when, when you see that and combine that with what he could, could maybe do as a receiver, there, there's clearly a lot to like, and, and you definitely see why Tennessee's recruiting him as an athlete. Um, if he can, if he can address their needed wide receiver, uh, which, which we kind of touched on earlier, Jeremy Pruitt sort of put out that APB and said, Hey, if you're a receiver out there, why would you not want to come to Tennessee essentially uh, with, with four seniors on the roster uh, you know, he didn't even address this obviously, but Josh Palmer is a junior who could be uh, NFL draft bound by, by this time next year, if, uh, or, or, or less than a year from now, if he has the kind of year, some people think he might have, he, he at least might have a decision to make. So you never know what might happen, but either way, they've got a big need at receiver. They, they really only had one guy at that position. And even that's an athlete that could play either way. Jimmy Callaway from Georgia. So that, that was a big need and, uh, and still is, and, and they're, they're still in on a bunch of guys at that position. If, if, if Williamson can help address that at all, obviously that would be big, but the fact that he gives you some options is, is really intriguing too. And I really like the fact that, you know, there's, there's that kind of saying that a coaches, the, the best coaches kind of keep their own counsel. And I like that Pruitt and his staff are doing this because again, this is another guy who just like a couple of these other in-state commits in this class, you know, it's early in the ranking, so don't get, don't get hung up on that. But, but you know, these guys don't have huge rankings. They don't, some of them don't have huge offer lists, but this is a guy, there's three former national recruiters on the year on this staff. If they want you, there's probably a reason for that. And and with this kid, I like that, you know, I, I'm not bothered by the fact that there aren't a b- bunch of offers there, Ryan, because I think this is a kid who, when you look at him athletically, you go, hmm, they can do something there. Yeah. And, and, and Jeremy Pruitt's got, got kind of a history of, of making these under the radar finds. Uh, you know, he, he did it obviously at Alabama, at, he found Josh Jacobs, the, the running back who ended up obviously having a, a great career at Alabama. He was sort of an under-the-radar guy himself before sort of blowing up late, and, and Jeremy Pruitt found him there, and, uh, and Alabama ends up getting him, and, and it turns out to be a great pick, and now he's uh, on to the NFL. And, uh, you know, obviously a couple of examples in his first year uh, at, at Tennessee as well where they found Karat Garland and his teammate, the, the wide receiver, uh, who, who ended up going to Florida State and flipping there at the last minute. Uh, to find a couple guys like that because they were on the All-State team in Georgia and no one really knew who they were at the time. So uh, they've got a history of doing that. You know, if, if this one turns out to be anywhere near as successful as a, as a Josh Jacobs or even uh, you know, even as uh, impressive as, as a couple of those late finds in 2018 were, uh, I think people will be pretty happy with this one. But that, that shows you, I think, like you said, when Jeremy Pruitt sort of sets his sights on somebody, uh, that he really likes. Uh, I think that speaks volumes and, and you maybe don't worry too much about the rankings if they're that sold on him. What does this mean for Tennessee's class, Ryan? I mean, I know that, that, you know, uh, this kid, I, I like the fact that when you kind of recruit an, an open-ended athlete, I don't know if that's the right phrase for it, but kind of a guy who's versatile, could play on either side of the ball, that sort of maybe, I would think from the outside, gives you a few more options looking in at the class. And and I, I think this is the kind of commitment that if you take it, it doesn't necessarily affect 
what's on the board at other positions because this guy could be on either side of the ball. Yeah, that, that's a great point. This, this obviously it takes up a spot in Tennessee's class. You're up to 12 commitments now, so you're you're starting to fill up a little bit more. But uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to impact your outlook at, at any certain position, and it does give you options. So we know Tennessee's still in on a lot of other receivers. So even if if Williamson was to play wide receiver, um, you know you still you're not going to stop recruiting guys like the, the five-star LSU commitment, Rakeem Jarrett, that Tennessee is very much involved with uh, and, and a legitimate threat to the Tigers. Uh, you're not going to stop recruiting a guy like Alabama commitment, Thayu Jones-Bell from South Florida, uh, and certainly Jalen Hyatt, the former Virginia Tech commitment, who, who just parted ways with the Hokies a few weeks ago. Uh, I think Tennessee is very much a factor with him. So you're not going to stop recruiting guys like that uh, at all based on this. And it really doesn't have to impact your plans at receiver at all, because like we said, you've got options. If you wanted to play them in the secondary, uh, you certainly have that, that option to, to do that. And uh, Jeremy Pruitt will always take the help in the secondary when he can get it. Uh, the other thing is he's six three one ninety. As we said, this is a big framed kid, not to say that he will, but you just don't know how a guy like that might develop. He could grow into a linebacker for all we know, a, a few years down the True. road. Um, so I, that's not that's not to say anyone should expect that to happen, but that's just an example of sometimes you get a kid like that in a college strength and conditioning program and it just blows up physically. We've so. seen these guys turn into edge rushers. We've seen it happen. I mean, no, I'm not no saying it, I'm not saying it will happen, but but it could. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's yeah. And and one thing I like about this quickly, Ryan, too, is that what I like about Jeremy Prude a lot, there's a few things I really like about the guy, and one of them is that he likes ball players. He's old school, you know, in this area of super specialization where people are taking, you know, these guys are, are are trained to play this one position in football for years and years and years. They don't play other sports. This is a guy who who likes multi sports, you know, athletes. He likes guys who play different positions, and he's not even opposed to their first year on campus throwing them on both sides of the ball and figuring out what they can do. I like there's an old school quality to that that I think translates to any era of sports, and I I just I I really like the fact that he doesn't get uh, his mindset on this guy, you know, kind of pigeonholing guys into certain roles. Yeah, I, I think there, there's definitely a lot to be said for that. And 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 you have to kind of like his approach with, with playing guys at the position they want to play, you know, until until you you sort of are forced to make a decision uh, that, that's maybe opposite of that, uh, which hasn't happened much. But, you know, he, he's, he's very open to guys playing where they want to play and, and, and trying guys at multiple positions when it makes sense. And yeah, Williamson could could be that kind of intriguing player. He might play his way into being a definite receiver by the end of the season. Uh, we don't know that yet, but for now, he's at least a, a really, really interesting piece of clay that they can figure out how they want to mold him uh, over the next several months and, and once he gets on campus. But the other thing this does, it's another big in-state pickup. You know, you've got five in-state commitments now. This could be that the in-state class, I think, will go a long way toward deciding just how good Tennessee's class is and getting another piece like this, I think, just adds to what could be a really impressive foundation for Tennessee's class built in state. And that's a big step for Jeremy Pruitt and his staff. After last year, they sort of walked into a tough class to sort of evaluate. They didn't take too many guys. They weren't making a lot of those guys in state priorities. And now this year, it's the opposite. They've gone after a bunch of them. They've got five now in state, could add a handful more. Um, so that's a big deal to get another in-state piece like this and, and a guy that could, you know, again, address one, one of a couple different needs for Tennessee uh, finding a guy like that in state, you'll take that any day. Two things before we get out of here, Ryan, I'm going to ask you these quickly. One, uh, we're going to touch much more on this. I imagine in our next full podcast, which will be later on, uh, this week or, or early next week, uh, the Haynes King to Texas A&M news, the, the elite quarterback prospect from Texas, what does that mean for Tennessee? And is there anything else going on in, in, in the next few days or that's happened in the past few days with recruiting? That's a, that's, that's worth noting before we step out of here. Well, certainly the Haynes King news is is the biggest uh, biggest news aside from this, and and that happened just a, a few hours before 
the announcement of, of Darian Williamson's commitment. Uh, Haynes King, you know, obviously is a guy Tennessee's wanted for a long time. They, they sort of set their sights on him from the day Jim Chaney was hired as Tennessee's offensive coordinator. That's when he got his offer from Tennessee. And, uh, and, and the Vols were in, in good shape with him, I think, at one point. I think there was some, uh, some thought, you know, even among people uh, in, in Texas, that at one point Tennessee might have might have sort of been the team to beat. Now that, that's that's not to say they were you know that they they blew this one by any means. I think they ran into what 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 happens a lot of times when you recruit the state of Texas. It's hard to pull really good players out of that state and and, and other states for that matter. But certainly Texas has a unique draw. And this is a kid who's the son of a, a high school football coach in East Texas. His dad's the head coach at his high school. John King, very successful coach there. Um, there are a lot of logistical things about that, that, you know, after a head coach deals with his own game on Friday night, you know, maybe even watches film with his team on Saturday morning, he's got to go get to his son's games whenever possible, or I'm sure he would like to. Sure, sure. It's a lot easier to do that in College Station, go, going from Longview, Texas, than it is to get to Knoxville. So that's something that had to weigh on him. You know, I think Tennessee sort of had the relationships there. Uh, but but at the end of the day, getting getting outside the state, uh, it, I, I think it, it sort of made it tough on him once Texas A&M offered back in May. And as they got to be more of a factor, so tough battle for Tennessee to lose, but obviously they've still got Harrison Bailey, another highly ranked quarterback in their class. And I think they feel good about him and they've still got options to add a second quarterback to this class, or maybe even wait until next year and exploring the transfer market. If they really want to add someone else, uh, depending on what happens over the next year, as far as uh, attrition or, or Jared Garantano potentially leaving for the draft or not. You know, depending on what happens, they've, they've still got some options. Also, there. also remember Cade Mays. Never stop recruiting a kid. Just go ahead and, you know, keep, exactly. keep, keep in touch. Let the season play out. You never know. Well, that's the other thing that, you know, that, that will happen with other players, too. There are guys committed to other schools right now that their coaches may get fired or leave uh, after the season. You know, plenty of that stuff will happen, too. So we'll, we'll see what else comes, comes into play on the quarterback board over the next few months. But I think Tennessee still could kick the tires on some guys in the 2020 class, even. Uh, even before you know they, they get to the to next year's transfer market, so they, they again they have options and, and they'll just kind of I think look around see if anything makes sense uh, and then maybe even then see if anything else kind of comes into play after the season when when coaches are fired and and other guys might you know decommit and, and see what else is out there. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Thanks for the time tonight, Ryan. Absolutely, thanks, Wes. Guys, uh, quickly I won't take much time here. Uh, as always, we usually do a bigger outro here at the end of the podcast i'm gonna tell you here quickly go to goballs247.com you can get all of our information there 30 percent off annual subscription got tons of good stuff right now new boards we're throwing out there in a couple weeks with the the new format we're really excited about that got some some new things coming in the future go to goballs247.com or you can go to twitter.com slash goballs247 or facebook.com slash goballs247 see y'all later in the week